So this is a special Sunday dedication of the new songbooks and the new baby grand piano and of course, last but not least, Mother's Day. So how do we celebrate such an occasion? I think uh, for me, celebrating the gifts that God gives us in this life, the many ways he provides for us, including the provision of a mother figure in our lives in some form or fashion, whether it was your biological mom or your stepmom or your grandmother or just someone who filled the role of nurturer in your life. All of those things are good gifts from God. I want to start with the epistle this morning. It comes from 1 John chapter 5, the first six verses. This is what John writes. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies for the Spirit is the truth. John here is telling us that all who believe that Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah, all who believe that have been born of God. And you might be thinking, that's good to know, Pastor, but what exactly do we have to believe about Jesus? To be born of God. What specifically do I have to believe in my heart to know that I am born again? It's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked. See, according to John, the three things that we have to believe about Jesus in order to be born of God are these. First, if you're taking notes, we must believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. We have to believe that he is, in fact, God incarnate and was born of a woman. Two, we must believe that he is God's son. Born of a woman, yes, which made him totally human. And then God's only begotten son, which makes him totally divine at the same time. I know it's a mystery. And the third thing that we have to believe about Jesus is that he is the savior of the world. In fact, he's the only one who's capable. He's the, the only one who has the right character. He's 
the only one with the right birthright, the, the right makeup to save the world. Only Jesus, no one else. Now, it's great to know these things, but John doesn't stop there, does he? He goes on to tell us that our faith is not merely a question of knowledge, but there's a real ethical component to it. John says, if we love the one who conceives the child, we'll surely love the child who was conceived. The reality test on whether or not we love God's children is this. Do we love God? Do we keep his commands? The proof, John says, that we love God comes when we keep his commands. Now, as many of you know, our focus as the church is on loving all of God's children. And I'm here to tell you that that focus, our focus, is right on target with this biblical mandate that comes with believing that Jesus is the Messiah. Why? Because faith and love are inseparable. If we say we love God, then we surely must love his children. If we say we love God, then we surely must keep his commandment to love his children. Now, you might be thinking, but pastor, sometimes it's really, really hard to love our neighbor. Indeed, it is if we see the world through the world's eyes. John says here that for the believer, God's commandments aren't burdensome. But in our humanity, let's be real, sometimes it's hard. Being obedient to God is not troublesome. It's not impossible for the believer. Why? Because John says every begotten, God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. Not our faith in faith. Faith in faith is nothing. Faith in something worthy of having faith in is everything. So it's not just faith in faith. It's faith in God. Faith in His Son, Jesus. The person who wins out over the world, John says, the person who wins out over the ways of the world is simply the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the divine Christ. John talks about him a little bit so we understand better what it means when we say he's the divine Christ. John says he experienced a life-giving birth and also a death-killing death. A death-killing death. Not only birth from the womb, but baptismal birth of his ministry and his sacrificial death. And all the while the Spirit is confirming the truth, John says, the reality of God's presence at Jesus' baptism and his crucifixion, bringing those occasions alive for us. That's what the Holy Spirit does in you, makes real those life-changing, transforming events such as the baptism and the crucifixion of Jesus. It's like a triple testimony. The Spirit, the baptism, and the crucifixion. And all three of those working in perfect agreement and harmony in us. So how does this 
affect us? You guys are asking some wonderful questions. So I'll tell you how this affects us. Once we accept who Jesus is, once we accept the eternal life-giving relationship that he offers us through his birth, through his baptism, through his ministry, through his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection, once we have a mind renewal and a heart renewal concerning all of that, then our response must be in our faith to love all of his children and to be a witness, giving our testimony to all that we meet about who he is, what he has done in our life on a very real personal level. That's why our testimony is important. Because your testimony about the faith you have in God through the death and resurrection of the Son, Jesus, by the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit is the very movement of God's church in the world, spreading the truth that conquers the world. Vanquishing the forces of evil, vanquishing sin and sickness and death. Your faith and your witness win the victory over the world. And so this morning I have a testimony. This morning I have more to add to my testimony and witness of the power of faith in Jesus Christ. Now, as many of you know, our daughter in love, Monique was admitted to the hospital this past week due to complications with her pregnancy. And I dropped Angela off Tuesday morning early to fly to Denver to be with her and baby Noah and our son Freddie. This is their first child. It's our 10th grandchild. And we've been anticipating this birth with joy and thanksgiving. And I have to say, first of all, we, we so appreciate your, your continued prayers as, as we're convinced that prayer is a powerful force in the kingdom. Now, the goal in admitting Monique to the hospital was... One, to take care of this condition that was causing issues, but also to keep baby Noah in the womb for as long as possible. So we were anticipating a long hospital stay to help make that happen, but as it happened, Monique's condition wouldn't allow for Noah to stay put, and so he was delivered on Wednesday afternoon, a little after 5 p.m., he was just shy of one pound in weight, not quite 11 inches long. I have rulers on my desk longer than him. He's a micro preemie, they call him. Never heard that term before. Needless to say, this was an unexpected turn of events and it's been difficult. Now, after the first 24 hours, the rough patches on the journey usually 
If they're going to show up, this is when they show up. And show up, they did. And so as they began to show up, we turned to the only place we know to turn. To our faith in God. To prayer and to our fellowship of believers. Now, in the midst of the storm, we know from where our strength comes. And so we turn to Jesus in these moments and we allow him to carry the weight of all this for us. One of the things that has me so amazed is to watch the peace settle over everyone involved. Freddie and Monique decided to have Noah baptized rather than wait. And so he was baptized by the hospital chaplain right there in the NICU. And this simple sacrament brought peace to Noah's mom and to his dad. And I have to say to me and Angela as well. God's peace comes through faith in Christ. God's peace comes when we love God and keep his commandment to love his children. God's peace comes to those who lean on him for strength in the good moments and in the bad moments. In the middle of all these hectic events of this past week, Freddie and Monique realized that they hadn't yet picked a middle name for Noah. And so without any prompting from Pastor Dad and from mom Angela, they chose the name Aziel. Aziel, uh, it's a Hebrew name, which means God is my strength. It's a big name for a tiny warrior. God is my strength. The power of faith in God, the power of prayer, and this, whatever the ultimate outcome, whatever comes down the road is now part of my testimony. It's part really of all of our testimonies. That the faith in Jesus Christ as Savior causes us to respond in love and in prayer. And we know that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves the child born of Him. Loving your children is not burdensome. Loving some of God's other children is a little bit troublesome. So this morning, one of the things that I woke up to was a text from Angela, who's been in Denver with the kids uh, since Tuesday. Um, see, in the midst of all this, Freddie started a, he, he, out of the Air Force and started a brand new job. They're closing on a house tomorrow. And so all their stuff is, and the, and the closing was delayed. So instead of just moving it from their apartment into the house, they had to put it into storage. And they didn't have room to put his motorcycle. So they parked it at the hotel parking lot and it was stolen last night in the midst of all this. 
That's just Satan trying to distract us from the mission at hand, which to, is to pray without ceasing for Noah. Angela says she has been awoken by the same dream several times, and it's, it's a, a vision of Noah's incubator in the NICU with Jesus standing over. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and follow his commandments. When we don't allow the distractions of the devil to keep us from the mission at hand. When our prayers are as much for our enemies and those who spitefully use us as they are for the rest of the children of God. When your prayer is something other than, Lord, please put me in a room for five minutes with the guy who stole my son's motorcycle. Remember the jibba-jabbas when you were a kid? It's a doll that if you grab it by the neck and shook it, it made that sound. Right? It's a frustration doll, I think they called it. It had tufts of day-glow orange or green or pink or whatever hair. And supposedly when you were frustrated, you'd grab it by the neck and shake it. I've had... See, this is the difference between my saintly wife and myself. She's had visions of Jesus standing above the incubator, and I've had visions of being in the room with whoever stole my son's motorcycle, shaking him like a jib and jab. Talk about digressing. The thing is, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and follow his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whoever has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one that overcomes the world? Unlike the popular song, it's not girls. It's the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but with water and with the blood. It is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. That everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the children born of Him. And this is Mother's Day. We love our moms, don't we? And our mom loves us. 
And if you have children, you love the children. Because this is God's command for his family, the institution, the family. Did you know the family was ordained by God? Modeled after the, after the relationship of Christ in the church. given to her children as parents. And I love that through the power of Christ working in our family, our children also are making it a priority to raise their children in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I am not unaware that out there beyond this sanctuary, there is a whole world of people who have not been blessed with that experience. And for one reason or another are not passing that experience on to their children. And so for some, Mother's Day is bittersweet. But I'm here to tell you that God honors all who are in that nurturing relationship, either biologically or some other way. And so we as the church choose to stand up and honor mothers today. Because we're obedient. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your God. And my favorite one, don't frustrate your children. Thanks be to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>